1: I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take.
0: Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast as we are gearing up for the NFL Draft, the 2021 NFL Draft. It's getting very close, folks, and we are get- continuing to pump out content. As again, we are ready for draft day. So we finished up our position groups. Today we are getting to some hot takes and we've got a lot of really interesting ones, especially the first one that Ryan has. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL draft analyst Ryan Roberts. No Alex Gillstrap today, allegedly dealing with internet problems, which means it is date night with the misses, and he just could not tell us that. You think that's the case, Ryan? I think that's the case.
1: I mean, it could be. I mean, no I don't know. Alex is a young guy. He's going to lie once in a blue moon, you know?
0: It's <laughs> happen. See, he should of, be doing it the other way around. He should be lying to his fiance because he I, wants to record with us, not I think so he, he can go to I, dinner.
1: I think he was just intimidated to do the hot take thing with me because mine are just yeah. personally. That might just be it. To be yeah.
0: honest about. That's what I said in the chat. I, I think that that might be a correct take right there. But nonetheless, Alex, we'll miss you. Maybe not. Uh, before we get into the hot takes, though, folks, I need to tell you about Bet Online. Uh, bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds that you need. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to their website at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts all right ryan i'm gonna let you go first here because i just did the read need to catch my breath a little bit got back from the gym and we're gonna need to pace ourselves here because some of these are a little crazy especially this first one's already a little bit a little bit hot so I, I need to hear it explain it to me explain the whole thing to me what what is this tell me your take
1: okay I so i guess we're starting with the hottest take that i have okay i don't i don't <clears throat> so think the- it's that hot they said, "Ah, you ju- i mean, you just—you just spent like five minutes off air telling me that it was completely wrong, so it's a little hot."
0: Okay, true. I just think okay. it's—I ro- don't think it's—it's it's not <clears throat> even—it doesn't register.
1: You think you think it's wrong? You don't? think don't think? It- yes. Okay, got it. All right. So here's the take. Stick with me. Day three, which for the listeners out there is rounds four through seven, if you weren't aware. I believe that there is potentially going to be more specialists selected on day three of the NFL draft. Sorry, let me rephrase. There's going to be twice as many specialists drafted on day three. It's so much worse. Comparative to the quarterback position. Oh. So let, I'm going to work backwards on this one, Joe. I'm going to work backwards. All right. All right. So we're, we're, we're in the usual draft season where, wow, Kyle Trask might go round one. Davis Mills, quarterback for Stanford, might might go round one. It's not going to happen, right? We, we, we've seen this so many times with guys like Davis Webb and, you know, many others that they are potential first-round picks and then they get drafted on, on day two. Mason Rudolph, another one off the top of my head. So those guys are going to be drafted on day two, in my opinion. I think Trask, I think David Davis Mills are going to be drafted on day two. I also think Kellen Mond has a chance to get drafted on day two. So when we're moving into day three, I'm looking at the quarterback board. Teams tend to over value some quarterbacks from time to time. But I think it's a very thin quarterback class on day three. I think there might be like two to three guys that go on day three. I don't think that it's going to be heavily valued. Jamie Newman Fair. from Wake, For- Wake Forest, Georgia, whatever, however you want to classify him, is probably one. Some people like Ian Book. I can't fathom that he's going to be a early day three pick like some people are projecting. I think he has a chance to slide in there somewhere. And maybe there's another guy. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe that's one more. Okay? So, a low number to start out with on quarterbacks. Moving to the other side, I am not going to sit here and pretend to be this great special teams evaluator. Good. But I have talked to some people that are throwing these names at me that have potential to get drafted on day three. Okay? And I guess you can say, nope, no chance when I name the players ready. So. Jose my That one I agree with. That one okay. I agree with. James Smith, punter from Cincinnati. I agree with that one. Potentially, um, Alex Kestman, kicker no. from Pittsburgh. And I know
0: I know who told you that. And
1: no, you don't
0: no. think so? No chance. No. I know. Do you know who who I'm th- who I'm referring uh, to? Yeah, who told I'm you sure. that?
1: We That's, have friends. You know, we have similar friends.
0: I respect who told you that, but. No, he was correct last year about somebody who got drafted. But Kessman, I don't think it's drafted. Okay. I just don't. So all
1: right, so we have two so far. Okay. Let's just stick there. We have two. Evan McPherson, kicker from yes. Florida. Yes,
0: I've heard good okay. things about him. I can see him getting drafted.
1: Max Duffy, punter from Kentucky.
0: Okay. Red yes. six. I Maybe. can see that happening. No okay.
1: guarantee. I'm I'm still going. I'm not done. Okay. Thomas Fletcher, long snapper, Alabama. <sighs>
0: He's like the only snapper if, if one gets selected. That's
1: well, it. Well, it's possibility though, you know. Okay. And then I'm even going to throw a, a wrench in here because I, I actually don't say return. Don't say return, specialist. I'm return specialist. no, I'm specialists. No, yes, those they aren't are. specialists. Those aren't specialists. What are
0: they called? What are they called? They're receivers and running no, backs no, that return no,
1: kicks. No. You just literally no, said return because specialist. There is not a
0: single, there's not a single kicker, punter, or snapper in the NFL that is listed at another position. Every return specialist is listed as another position.
1: You you just used the word again. You just used specialist Just again. because the word specialist is in the
0: phrasing does not mean he
1: is a it's specialist. Literally a specialist. So I'm going to throw in. No. An, 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 all right, fine. You're going to have a temper tantrum sometime. It's fine fine. <laughs> Avery Williams, who is a punt returner kick returner out of Boise State, who's a phenomenal at both and probably not a rosterable player playing corner, nickel, but as a return specialist, he has a good opportunity to get drafted somewhere in day 3.
0: Okay. So, I don't disagree with the quarterback perspective. Yep. Because you've evaluated them significantly more than I have. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, just from here, what you and Alex both agree that there's probably not going to be that many that go. However, there's probably going to be some wild cards. There's probably going to be, be some guys that you're not accounting for that sure. teams are going to be stupid and they're going to draft. No but I think just from my perspective as a former long snapper and mm-hmm. watching very closely every year to the draft to who gets selected, it is typically you'll get. One snapper, sometimes no snappers, two kickers, two punters. So that's five. You're telling me that there's only going to be two guys on day three? And there's not a single specialist in this class I, f- I feel that is... Actually, there is never a specialist I feel that is worthy of being selected on day two. So none of those guys are getting selected on day two. Any t- every The last team that was burned by one is enough proof that you should just wait.
1: Who are we talking about? Roberto Aguayo? We're talking about Roberto
0: Aguayo. We're talking specifically about him. That was one of the dumbest mistakes that we've ever seen in in draft history, was taking a kicker in the second round. You just don't do it because you can find a guy that comes from a tiny school that you don't really know that much about, that has just as good a percentage of him, maybe a little bit lower, that can end up having a better career than him. It's just how it works.
1: Greg Zerline. Yeah. Right. That's a name that comes.
0: And what typically happens, I feel, with with the specialist classes – is that there's going to be a small run on them in a period of time. But after that, most teams like to wait until after the draft. They don't want to pay them that much money. They don't want to be stuck to a contract because if... And I love Justin Rowasser because I played with him. For the case of the Patriots, they drafted him. They It didn't work out. They held him on the roster the whole year, and then they cut him. A team doesn't want to be tethered to a specialist. There's a reason why most of them go undrafted. They don't want to have to give them guaranteed money because if you cut them after training camp because you have to bring in somebody to compete with them. Like Sam Sloman, same thing. He didn't even last with the Rams the whole year.
1: No, he did not.
0: So just from the way that I've observed the specialist landscape, I do not agree with this take. I don't disagree with the quarterback part, but I think you picked the wrong position group to compare it to because this year especially when there's not even really that many guys in the group I think most are just going to wait until after. Now, if a bunch of them start going, that's going to change things. If, like, round six, round five, three go in a row, that's probably going to impact it. But well, I think most teams are going to wait.
1: Well, my rebuttal to that, though, is you're if you're telling me that it is a little bit of a thinner class, right, supply and demand, <sighs> that could push guys up to being drafted rather than waiting because then you don't want to compete against 31 other teams, right, to get your guy after the draft.
0: There were also – a good chunk of specialists who were signed from previous draft classes like last year's draft class the class that i was in there Mm -hmm. were a ton of guys that came back and re went through the cycle because they didn't get to compete and there's a not a good yeah um is he the
1: penn state guy no, he's the Arizona State kid that went back after he wasn't drafted. Well,
0: that's not what I meant entirely, but yes, that's kind of along the lines. Who? There was a Penn State punter who signed with the Saints, I believe. There's guys that are from, uh, from different classes, from the previous last class that got screwed over by COVID in that process. Yeah. There's been a few guys that have signed. And there's guys from older classes, like Joe Fortunato, the snapper out of Delaware. He graduated five years ago. I believe the Packers signed him as, as camp competition. So I just... I think that this year's landscape is a little bit different. Teams are going to be a little bit more careful with their money, on top of what the you know what they're dealing with the cap. So they don't want to spend their money on specialists. So that's the only reason why I disagree with it, Ryan. We'll see. All right. We'll see. All right. We'll keep tabs on that. Uh, we we need to do a hot take revisitation podcast. And Alex could listen. I was good last
1: year. I was good last year. Remember my, remember my no safeties around one, and then like yes. eight, seven or eight in the second. I was a I was good last year. In that this. was a good was one.
0: Good. I think I just said a bunch of nonsense and none of it (laughs) came true. (laughs) All right, speaking of nonsense, okay, here's mine. So here's my first one. I don't think this is too hot of a take, but I think this is an interesting take. I, for some reason, see that this quarterback class, minus Trevor Lawrence, as uh, very reminiscent of the 2017 quarterback class. So that was the year that we had Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Kaiser. So we don't have, I like how you rolled your eyes there when I said to Chuck <laughs> It cuts
1: deep, man. It I know I, deep. know, I
0: know, I uh, know. So, you know, let's think of Trevor Lawrence as Miles Garrett in the situation. We already know where he uh, lands. And okay. the reason why I'm comparing the two classes is that I think that Zach Wilson is going to be overvalued like Mitchell Trubisky. And he might not play up to the expectation that everybody has. And we don't have as much to go off of. It's kind of similar to Mitch Trubisky, and I think that there's a lot of reminiscent pieces there of what connects the two. I'm not saying in terms of the way that they play, but situationally, I'm connecting the two, Trubisky and Zach Wilson. Justin Fields, to me, and this isn't like a take that hasn't been said before, I've seen it, I think is going to get the Deshaun Watson treatment. I think people are going to overthink him, and I'm not talking about the current Deshaun Watson treatment. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about his draft stock and him sliding and still turning out to be, one of the best quarterbacks in the class and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Justin Mm -hmm. Fields, somebody is going to get him in the perfect situation and he's going to turn out to be very, very good. Oh no. uh,
1: Does that make, does that make Trey Lance to Sean Kaiser?
0: (laughs) No, I see Trey Lance. You're going to love who I'm going to pair Kaiser to. I see Trey Lance and I'm not saying that Trey Lance is going to become an MVP and a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh. I'm comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. That he is gonna get drafted earlier than we think. He's gonna go ahead of some people. Like I could see him going at three to the 49ers. Like I could see that happening as the as the big wild card here. I don't think we can truly predict how this, this top ten is gonna come out and how this top five quarterbacks is, is gonna end up laying out. So I see him similar to Mahomes is gonna be probably not gonna play right away. Uh Grapple is probably going to start the remaining year and then they're going to trans- transition to transition to Trey Lance in an offense that is probably going to be perfect for him, ideally for his physical traits. Uh, and then lastly, I'm comparing Kaiser to Mac Jones. There's going to be that there's that one weird group of people, and I was one of them, not this time, <laughs> that just is obsessed with him. And thinks Ugh. that he's a first-round quarterback. He's going to get drafted early. That's the difference. This year, is, I bet Mac Jones does get drafted early. And he's not going to do a damn thing in the NFL because he's got nothing
1: going for him. Oh, man. Deshaun Kaiser was, like, physically gifted, though. He just wasn't. Right. I don't know. Just he just didn't, didn't care. Go. Yeah. He just seemed very nonchalant with everything. I do like – the one that I really do like is the Justin Fields to Deshaun Watson one because that – I mean, literally. Right? Everyone's I mean, picking him apart. Right. And Deshaun Watson's a little – like semi-different just because his last year at Clemson, he did like throw a lot of interceptions. So, like, it was warranted to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, he still should have went before Mitch Trubisky. I mean, in, in hindsight, right? But – I do like the comparison just because there are some holes that get poked in both. That like, why are we poking it? It doesn't make any sense. Like it's like the one read quarterback thing with Justin Fields. Most quarterbacks in college are one read. It's not a right. negative. It's really right. not like <laughs> Tre- Trevor Lawrence is running RPO ninety percent of the time. Like it's not ninety percent. That's a, that's an over exaggeration. But like he's running at such a high percentage. It's like okay. That's what the offense dictates. Mac Jones was the highest RPO thrower and screen thrower of all the assumed top five quarterbacks. So it, it's just unfair criticism, is what it is. So I really do like that comparison. Hey, I'm a Trey Lance guy. So if you want to tell me he's Pat Mahomes, I'm good with it, man. I don't
0: I don't think he's gonna <laughs> turn into Patrick Mahomes, but I think it's very reminiscent where everybody all people talked about with Patrick Mahomes is he's so raw. We don't really know what he's going to be. And if he hits and he's in the right spot, he can turn out to be an elite player. And I, you know, I think that that makes plenty of sense. I think that's not like a crazy take to have.
1: And I think, I think that Trey Lance is obviously a little more athletic than Mahomes, but like Mm -hmm. the things that draw you to both guys is the ball comes off of the hand, just different. Like they just stylistically, I could see a little bit of comparison just with how they throw the football. Now, obviously Pat Mahomes is maybe the most gifted passer we have ever seen, at least in my lifetime, I would say. like I I never saw a Dan Marino play who a lot of people would say is maybe the most gifted passer of all time. But for me, he is the most gifted thrower. He landed in a perfect situation with Andy Reid, which situation dictates success a lot of times. So who knows how, which, where Trey Lance is going to end up? Who knows what the situation is going to dictate to his success? But if he landed in San Francisco and you told me a couple years from now that Trey Lance is the most successful quarterback in this group because of where he landed, I wouldn't call you insane. Like, I think that that Mm -hmm. is a very reasonable thing to, to think so I do like the parallels Joe that's actually a pretty good one I like it all right thank you thank you
0: unlike your take <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding all right uh, folks before we get to two more takes I want to tell you about Canon. it's time to make your outdoor experience better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity they're made with Japanese optics that make the their lenses clearer lighter and stronger and they're Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code code K-9 Cast 15 at canon.com to receive fifteen percent off of your first pair. That's canon cast fifteen. Canon clearly better. All right, Ryan, let's hear your next hot take.
1: So next hot take has to do with the tight end position. It has to do with Mr. Kyle Pitts potentially being a top five pick, top ten pick. Let's say, hey, he can go to, everyone's talking four to Atlanta, people are talking six to the to the, uh, Miami Dolphins, whatever it might be. I think that there is a definite possibility that we could go 50 picks in between tight ends being selected in the 2021 NFL Draft. Because I, and everybody knows this, I'm a big Pat Booth fan. I really am. But he's coming off an injury. He's a little bit of a forgotten player right now. I would not hesitate to draft him in the early second round. But he had the shoulder injury. He wasn't able to really test much at his pro day. So he's kind of a forgotten person. He's kind of a wild card to the group. And I think that he could slide a little bit. I think the team's going to get a tremendous value somewhere in the second round, later second round, because I think that he's a very good football player. But but beyond that, the other guys, Hunter Long out of Boston College, who I like as well, Brevin Jordan, I think that both those guys are going to be second round to third round picks, but I do think that they could potentially be a little later in the second round. So if a guy like Pat Fryermuth does indeed slide, I think that we could see a substantial drop off from Pitts to Friermuth. I think that it could be something like fifty picks, which is mm. insane. It's notable.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, and it, it's not like last year where we had nobody. It, like all we were talking about was yeah. how bad the tight end class was. It was like Colt Kmet so and then Adam Troutman, and then what the hell are we doing? But this year, it's it's not a bad group. I can see that happening. I. I it is a hot. It's not a cold take. I, I would say that that is a hot take. It is on the hot, hotter level of the scale, because I, I would be shocked if that happened. But it's definitely possible, considering you know how things stack up with with Friermuth. It's kind of based on who goes next and if they're willing to draft another guy like early in day two.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you're you're taking a gamble on Brevin Jordan. Like he's athletically could be in that early second conversation, mm-hmm. but I just think that there's holes in his game that people are going to worry about. I think Hunter Long is a very super solid player that I think, again, could go in late second round, But the best chance to be drafted early was Pat Friermuth. And, of course, his season ended with the injury. So where is he going to fall? And I think that the the fact that we have a top 10 potential player at tight end position, which doesn't happen too often, coupled with the fact of the assumed number two is hasn't been able to test and hasn't been able to tackle the draft process the way that he would like to, I think we could have a little bit of a slide there.
0: So, speaking of tight ends, and I think this one's a lot more wild
1: than yours. It's a bad take. To it's be a honest. bad take? Okay, okay, it's hear me take. out. Hear me out. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: The NFL is notorious for not properly being able to identify players that are, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. They tend to overthink guys that are not clearly one position or the other. We saw that with Isaiah Simmons last year. The media hyped him up as a top five pick. He slides to the end of the top 10. Other positions were more valued. And it seemed as, as though teams weren't sure if he was a safety or if he was a linebacker. I feel that this year, everybody has talked up Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is going to be a very talented player. But I don't know if, like, like, can we really firmly say that the NFL is going to say for sure that this guy is a top 10 pick? Like, yes. I, I it, 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 tight ends do not get drafted typically this highly. And the last time I have him was TJ Hawkinson, right?
1: Right. And, and I this think he's a better, better prospect than did, TJ Hawkinson. Okay. So.
0: I don't know if there were as many quarterbacks though that year that he was selected. I just think that other positions might get valued a little bit higher and they might and some teams might be say like, oh, do we really want a tight end? Is he gonna play receiver? Like I I think that he's gonna be the one of the players early on that gets overthought by some teams. That's where I'm coming from with
1: this. I I, I get the perspective that like positionless football player, right? Like does he fit well into different spots? I think the difference with Isaiah Simmons was if you pigeonhole a guy like Isaiah Simmons and say he's a strong safety, he's maybe not the best strong safety of all time, right? And you pigeonhole him to being a true stack linebacker, I don't think that he that is advantageous to him being the best football player they could possibly be. The the fact of like the versatility aspect is what he does. Whether Kyle Pitts is a slot receiver or an X or a tight end, I think he's a dominant player. I think he's dominant at all of those positions, which I think is a little just a little bit different. And I already named a couple teams. I think Atlanta Falcons, if they stick at four, is a definite possibility. Mm. Even though that would be out and absurd to have a tight end go in the top five. And I also think that the Miami Dolphins are a definite possibility. Absolutely definite possibility. And then if he gets any further than that, I think a team like the Carolina Panthers, maybe. I think a team like the Dallas Cowboys at ten, even though they should have no reason to draft another play, a pass catcher, I think they are a possibility, and I would not, I would not doubt this at all. And I know this is going to be a, maybe even a hotter take than what you just said. I would not doubt that a team would try to trade back into the trade up into the top ten to take a tight end in Kyle Pitts because I think he's wow. that
0: special. Wow. See, I don't, I don't hate that perspective, but I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of. And the reason why I developed this take is I was thinking to myself, who in this year's class, and this isn't just a rhetorical question. I'm actually asking you this, Ryan. Who yep. do you think in this year's class who is a good football player, but the media has maybe overhyped him a little bit? He's not going to get drafted as highly, but will still turn out to be good. If that Free makes Donfrey.
1: sense. Because. Donfrey. Okay. He's like, every, everybody is saying like, he's a first round pick. He's a first round pick. I think he's slightly overhyped. I think he's going to go in the second or third, like this, not the third. I think he's going to go in the second round. I think he's super solid, but I don't think he's a first round pick. I'd really go. Okay. I, well, I think I think we've done that with a few guys though. Honestly, like there's a bunch of guys like Kelvin Joseph's been a first rounder at this point. Jamin Davis. Yeah. Like, there's so many guys from just like, no, not a chance. There's right. no way those guys are getting drafted in the first round. Zero chance.
0: All right, so Ryan has two more hot takes. Before we get to them, though, let's talk about Sunday Scaries. Folks, if you listen to this show or if you listen to the FCS Football Podcast, uh, you know that I do not relax well with my crazy life. It's just hard for me to shut off my brain and chill, and I overthink. I get easily stressed out, and it sucks. So I did my homework. I found Sunday Scaries, which are delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies. They've become a must-have in my daily routine, and they chill me out in just about 20 minutes. Basically, they help me take the edge off so I can maintain my composure and live scare-free. There's no risk to buy. The company offers a 10, uh, 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress Housing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit Sundayscaries.com and use Ryan's promo code Roberts for your discount. That's promo code Roberts for 25% off at Sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing and you won't regret joining their squad. All right, Ryan, let's hear your next one.
1: I, I don't. Uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, uh, I don't think that this one's going to surprise you too much because I've been hyping this guy up for you know over a year now but i think that the pro day that he just had cemented this take for me. Spencer Brown, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa, is going to be a first round pick. I truly believe this. I'm not I'm not inventing a take just to have a take. It is plastered over my social media if you want to go find it. This is a take I truly believe in because we're talking about at a position, offensive tackle, which is Paramounts, right? If we're talking about the top four positions in in football, it's one of the positions. Like, absolutely, mm-hmm. it is quarterback, offensive tackle, pass rusher, cornerback. Like, those are the positions. So he plays a very important position. He is six foot eight and a half, 311 pounds. And the pro day that he just had, 34 plus inch arms, by the way, but the pro day he just had, to put this into perspective, he did 29 reps at two and a quarter which is a very nice number for a guy that's got 34-plus-inch arms. He ran 4.88 in the 40, which is absurd. Former tight end, so it shouldn't shouldn't surprise you too much. He did, I think it was 4.2 in the short shuttle, which is, again, stupid. It it doesn't make any sense for a guy that's 311 pounds. And then this one, the most absurd measurable that you are going to hear in the 2021 NFL Draft Cycle 6'96 six, six, three cone, which is faster than most defensive ends coming out of college. Maybe which he is should faster. play defensive end. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should play defensive end. Maybe he should. He played defensive end in high school. Hey, I, I mean 6'96. Six, six. That means that this kid can dip, this kid mm-hmm. can change direction, this kid can accelerate, which is absurd because when you I I put out a post, Spencer Brown is a running back also that is coming out of UAB who had a 7'4", th- uh, <laughs> comparative, and he's 200, 208 pounds comparative to 311 pounds running 6'96". It's 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 insane. I think that was the fastest all-time for an offensive tackle. And when we're talking about a position that you're on an island, you have to play in space, you have to play outside of your frame a ton, this type of athlete is rare. Like This is a Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Tyron Smith, to Ron Armstead type of athlete. And I think that the NFL, at the end of the day, is going to look at this player and say, he might be a little rough around the edges. He may have not had film in 2020, besides for the Senior Bowl, which he played really well the last two days, by the way. But this type of athletic profile, if he hits, we're talking all pro. We're talking multiple pro bowler. Like, that Mm -hmm. is how special, athletically, this player is. So,
0: (sighs) The way I, I – 100% agree with the logic. But I, I as, as somebody who came from the FCS and seeing these guys come out of the FCS, it typically doesn't happen that these guys get drafted in the first round. Titus Howard was an anomaly because Bill O'Brien was out of his gourd.
1: Only takes um, one.
0: Only takes one. There's no Bill O'Brien this year, so you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I see the Spencer Brown situation – Similar to Jeremy Chin, where I think a good amount of people talk Jeremy Chin up. Everybody agreed this kid's a special athlete. There's safeties that typically aren't this big that can move this well. He's going to turn into a pretty good pro, but he ends up going in the second round. And then he ends up being a rookie of the year candidate because he's that good. So I think that's probably gonna be that's gonna be the Spencer Brown treatment, is the Jeremy Chin treatment, where he is deserving of going in the first round. He's probably gonna be one of the best players at his position in this draft if he ends up hitting because of those rare physical traits that you talked about. I I just know that the NFL, for some reason, always has a stigma against FCS talent, even though people try to say that you don't scout the helmet. It's just it's naturally happens. Somebody else from a bigger school like a Jalen Mayfield is gonna get picked over him just because of where they're coming from.
1: It, so I, I don't think that you're like, so if that happens, would I be surprised? No, I wouldn't. If a couple players and Alex Leatherwood, even like just right. dumb some things like that, if they went above Spencer Brown, I wouldn't say like you're uh, out of your minds. The Jeremy chin comparison though. So it was either chin. Hey, are you a safety or are you a linebacker? Kind of like we were talking about like mm-hmm. the versatility aspect. Either way, you're an undervalued position, well, not super undervalued, but like slightly undervalued position safety, or you're an extremely undervalued player on the second level at linebacker. It's just the offensive tackle that's boosting this out for me. I think that when you look at okay. the importance of offensive tackle, coupled with the athletic traits, I think that's where it's a little bit different. And I'm telling you, man, I don't think that even if he's an FCS kid, any evaluator is going to look at six nine six in the three cone at six foot eight and a half, three hundred eleven pounds, and turn their head. Because that is, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. Like everybody talks about John, John Ross running four-two-two, right? John Ross running four-two-two. Um, who is the, the Byron Jones's insane day? Uh, Obi Melifon was same performance. Mm-hmm. There is no measurable that I have heard in recent years that is more impressive than Spencer Brown's Street Cone. It's insane, and it was an insane workout all the way around. But I just think that this kid is a rare athlete. He's not a really good athlete. He's not a great athlete. He is a rare athlete that only comes around, in my opinion, at the position every few years.
0: So going in line with some pretty insane workouts, this last take that you have related to a good friend of the show, Mr. J.C. Horn. What is it?
1: So another one that is plastered over Twitter. So uh, J.C. Horn had a great pro day. To finish off what was an outstanding junior season at South Carolina, he uh, I think it was like four three nine in the 40, 41 forty, forty one and a half inch verts, eleven two broad, just uh, nineteen reps on the bench, just absurd numbers, right? Like really good. I have gotten a tip, okay, so here's a little inside information from someone close to JC that his his former defensive back coach at South Carolina, T, uh, Coach T Rob who is actually just took the job at Miami to be their defensive back coach, who's renowned as one of the best defensive back coaches in all of college football. He is very close with Dan Quinn, who is the uh, new defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. So I believe that the floor for J.C. Horn to get drafted is the 10th overall pick with the Dallas Cowboys, but I also think teams like the Carolina Panthers at eight are also going to potentially be in the market for J.C. Horn. So I think not only is J.C. Horn going to be a top 10 pick, not only is the floor Dallas, but I also think that he could end up being the first corner off the board Mm. over Pat Sertan, who a lot of people would say that's that's absurd, that's insane, but I've got told the same thing in the summer when I told everyone that J.C. Horn is legit, J.C. Horn is going to get drafted very high, and then – some sites, we're not going to throw names out there, decided to rank him as the 150th player in next year's class.
0: <coughs> Draft, <Okay>. Network. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Draft Network. Draft <right>. Network, So Draft <laughs> Network ranks him there, and he obviously has risen as much as just about anybody. I Maybe mean, outside of Zach Wilson, like the rise has been dramatic. I thought it was you know, more of an obvious thing than a lot of people do. But I think that he could be the first defensive back off the board over a guy like Pat Sertan. Who Pat Sertan's a very solid, very good football player. But I think JC's going to be the first defensive back off the board. See that
0: one. I don't want. I don't really have any qualms with. I don't think I could really argue with that one. I, I think it's. People keep trying to argue Caleb Farley in the mix for the top three corners. How that back? Not R- with that right. Back. I, I keep hearing more and more about the back issue, not playing the season. I don't think Farley is going to go as high as people expect. And that for some might be a, a hot take, but uh, it's going to probably come down to Sertain or J.C. Horn. And maybe it also comes down to how they value their personalities because they're two completely different personalities. You don't really hear as much from Pat Sertain, but conversely, um, you know J.C. Horn is very outspoken about how he feels, which I like in a corner. I would like a Jalen Ramsey, at Deion Sanders – type personality in my corners because it is literally the most s talking position on the field you need it's part of the game you need to know how to get inside of the head of the guy you're going against even the most quiet corners still do it so if you're more vocal about it you're even better at it um it's funny that we've had both of those guys on the show but uh if you haven't listened to them go check it out go check out those episodes but i could i can see i can see that happening though. i can see jc horn being the first corner off the board
1: I think he just checks the boxes. You know, he's mm-hmm. got the pedigree. Pastor Tan does do too. He's got the testing. And then also, like you're saying, there are some people on Twitter that like to call themselves an alpha for whatever reason. But J.C. Horn plays <laughs> like an down. alpha all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We can't laugh too much because we were a part of that network for a really brief period of time. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. Neither that's do I. Not, we didn't,
0: we didn't sign a contract. It was only for like a month.
1: <laughs> it, it's not on my resume. So. Right,
0: right. Neither is
1: it mine.
0: <laughs> well, as soon as JC Horns the first corner off the board, be prepared for a Ryan Roberts tweet of a screenshot or two. Uh, that will be coming.
1: (laughs) Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, you think he's better than Sean Wade? Are you stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're Sean Wade now. All right, (laughs) folks. Thanks for
0: tuning in to uh, today's episode. Be sure to stay tuned for more interviews coming out this week. We're getting really close, folks. The NFL Draft, our Super Bowl, is going to be here very soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, Be sure to follow us on social media, at Rise and Draft, at Alex Gilstrap, at Joe DeLeon at nfl prospects pod uh additionally make sure you follow believe podcasts at b-l-e-a-v podcasts on twitter and instagram head to believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other shows and then subscribe five-star review if you enjoyed the show thanks for tuning in folks talk to you soon enjoy the interviews during this week